0: Live from our nation's capital. This is Ottawa's Wrestling Radio Show. This is CKDJ's Wrestling With Ideas. And now your hosts. Shockmaster and the music man. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios, right here for Wrestling with Ideas on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. You guys know me, I am the music man Colin Scully, joined this week, not by the Shockmaster Mitch Schweitzer, but by Kellen Don't Call Me Timmy Turner. <laughs> How's it going today, man? I am great. Glad to be here. Perfect. So Mitch couldn't be here this week. He's got some other stuff to attend to, but don't worry. We've got a co host here. Now, we got to go over to the news. This is your wrestling news update. All right, so our first bit of news here. A couple of new faces are now showing up to the WWE Performance Center. One of them having been rumored to go to the WWE for quite a while now. The other one just sort of came out of nowhere, Kellen. Yeah, no kidding, eh? I heard literally no rumors about
1: Timothy Thatcher. And all of a sudden, he's a huge signing to the WWE Performance Center. Honestly, a really good pickup on their part.
0: Yeah. Now... It is. It kind of isn't as surprising, though, because you, when you take a look into his past work, he's been working in Evolve for quite a while, and now with WWE's partnership with them, I understand why they went with it. Of course, he is the longest reigning Evolve champion. I mean, nobody, I don't think, in modern wrestling has held a championship for 596 <laughs> days. No,
1: that's quite an accomplishment for Thatcher. What I also like is it definitely helps add some legitimacy to NXT, assuming that's where he first pops up. We haven't seen a competitor like Thatcher in NXT for quite some time. I'm really excited to see what he does down there.
0: Could we see uh, Tim Thatcher as the fifth member of Imperium? I totally
1: think it's a possibility, and honestly, I would be really excited to see Walter and Thatcher in any match on the same team. Yeah. Or against each other. (laughs) Yeah. They've worked together in the past. They've put on some decent matches. We all know that they do have a history together, as seen in that photo that uh, Walter has posted. I, I honestly think that it's more exciting if he goes to NXT UK, where he works with some of their talent, as opposed to just debuting on the main NXT roster.
0: Yeah. There is a match between him and Minoru Suzuki. Now, I don't know how much of a Japanese wrestling fan you are, Kellen. Are, are you into Japanese? I watch New yeah. Japan Pro Wrestling. You watch New Band Japan, so you know about Minoru. Love it. Minoru Suzuki <laughs> is probably one of my favorite guys in New Japan. Here's my positioning on Minoru Suzuki. If you took Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. and mixed him with Dean Ambrose <laughs> or John Moxley, sure, that's Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, I also think you just
1: have to respect from a wrestling point of view because he is mm. such a seasoned veteran of mm. the business. Having debuted in the 90s and to not only still be wrestling, yeah. but to still be an imposing threat is yeah. really impressive. Yeah.
0: Of course, the second signing, Killer Cross. So he began his career in 2015 not for Impact, But for (laughs) Global Force Force Wrestling. Wrestling. (laughs) Oh, man, that was a shit show. Oh, yeah, by the way, if you want to swear, go right ahead. Cool. Um, Yeah, so Killer Cross, he wrestled in Lucha Underground, Triple A. Of course, his girlfriend, Scarlett Bordeaux, was recently signed to the WWE. Do you think we see an alliance once again with them?
1: If WWE were smart... They would put them back together, but we know that they aren't always. Yeah. My whole thing with Scarlet Bordeaux and Killer Cross is that it gives you not only a great on-stage presence of the power couple, but both of them are masters of manipulating the audience. Yeah. So I think you would honestly be losing out on a bit of both of their talents if you kept them separate. Yeah.
0: The only issue that I have, like, because personally, I would love to see them together in NXT. The only problem that I have with putting someone... Putting a couple people like that together is look at the power couples that we've seen in wrestling over the past 10, 15, 20 years. Macho Man and Randy Savage. Er, Macho Man and Randy Savage. Yes, they are two different people. <laughs> Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. We saw how that ended. Yeah. Um, Edge, Lita, and the Hardys. Mm-hmm. That whole bullshit love
1: square. To a I lesser it. extent, Rusev and Lana. Yeah. Less in ring talent is Lana, but...
0: Um, AJ Lee and literally everyone. everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's a good point. Um, we know that WWE likes their breakup storylines, um, mm-hmm. but... I don't really have anything to, to combat that other than just if you look at their indie work, they make magic in the ring together on yeah. those microphones. Yeah. So maybe to start them off, you could have them together and then kind of pull a Carmella yeah. with... Big Cass and Enzo and kind of split them apart <laughs> okay. amicably yeah. without having to have the yeah. whole storyline of, guys, they're breaking up, yeah. there's drama. See, when you said Carmella, I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why are you bringing our truth
0: into this? What does he have to do with anything?
1: The 24/7 ch- greatest 24-7
0: champion of all time. 24-7, 7-11, European television, whatever the hell. But the one thing before we get on to our next news story, the one thing I always loved about Killer Cross is when, you remember when he debuted in Impact and he had that card gimmick? Yeah. That was to this day, (laughs) that's one of my most favorite gimmicks from Impact. Killer
1: Cross has shown an ability to to get over things that you wouldn't really expect to get over. For example, he
0: played a fucking rabbit in Lucha Underground. He played
1: a rabbit in Lucha Underground and you try and tell me that his handlebar mustache looks nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, speaking of breakup angles. Jim Cornette and Uncle Dave have yeah. gotten into it.
0: Once I again. I want to say once again, but perhaps for the final time. Yeah. So Jim Cornette is no stranger to speaking his mind. That is well known. Somebody else, of course, Dave Melter, he's not afraid to speak his mind. This has been brewing for quite a a few months now. I think it's been at least six, I want to say six, seven months where Dave Meltzer has been praising Kenny Omega like nobody's business. And it's well-deserved. Kenny Omega, all like, everything else aside, he is one of the best in the wrestling business today. the best. If not, well, I mean, I'd say the world champion of the company that Omega works for (laughs) might have the upper hand. (laughs) Fair. Um, But, Dave and Jim are getting into it over Kenny Omega once again. So, this started yesterday at about noon, or two days ago at about noon, February 4th. So, Dave Meltzer started this off with, it's out of touch nonsense, Omega holds the gate record at the Cow Palace, double or nothing and all out, had gigantic ticket demands and immediate sellouts, and he headlined all three. Jim follows this up with Dave Let me see if I can do this Dave I've been (laughs) sick all week So fuck it You call this Harpo Marx motherfucker A goddamn genius At match layout Better than Flair Steamboat Blah fucking blah He wrestles sex dolls And kids He's a phony clown And embarrassment Fuck him Quit swinging on his dick Or fuck you (laughs) Fuck (laughs) So We'll post the thread In the uh, In the show notes Dave or Jim Cornette, rather, has to be one of the most entertaining people yes. on wrestling Twitter, other than Rusev, because Rusev Rusev doesn't care anymore. No, um, what do you what do you make of the feud, if you can call it that, between Dave and Jim? <sighs> Man, so when I first got into wrestling,
1: uh, I was actually a huge Jim Cornette fan. He, you know, had the old school knowledge. His rants on YouTube are the stuff of legend. You give me a Jim Cornette rant on Vince Russo, and I am more than happy. My problem leads more into his gatekeeping of wrestling. Keep in mind, Jim Cornette is the same man who, when he started out in the 1980s, was a manager who walked around with a tennis racket in canary yellow suits, while his wrestlers at times did things like cry and whine to him, he in the 1990s with Smoky Mountain Wrestling had to sell for guys pretending to be the Ninja Turtles. So this mindset of his that Kenny Omega or guys from New Japan or guys in AEW are killing the business, is, it's like when Simon Gotch said Harley Race was killing the business. Shh. It's, it's gatekeeping for no reason, and Jim Cornette, as much as I love him, is a bit of a hypocrite for it, Yeah, because he was the goofy manager back in the day, yep. and now every time there's a goofy angle, he acts like it's ruining the wrestling landscape.
0: <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you just said what <laughs> most people have been trying to put together for the past couple years, and it doesn't... like. I feel the exact same way, and it doesn't help that he had the whole thing that happened with the NWA yep. either. Yep. Um. I don't know. I I will still watch Jim Cornette. Yeah. But I will no longer take him seriously. I don't.
1: Agreed. Think. Yeah.
0: I can't. No. His
1: from his podcast to all these comments on Meltzer. Like, I don't know if you listen to his podcast. Oh, I do. But his podcast has basically gone from him being like, hey, guys, here are all the things I remember from the 1980s to, all right, weekly AEW roundup. Everything on this show sucks. Jim Cornette. Yeah. Like, when you've gotten to the point where you're making money off the wrestling business for being the guy that shits on the wrestling business— You got to start looking in the mirror and wonder who's the one that's really trying to kill the business. Isn't
0: that what Dave Meltzer was like five years ago?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Dave, if, if he had picked somebody else to go at, I would understand it. But Dave Meltzer, while you can have your thoughts on him, he hasn't always been the greatest. No. Dave Meltzer, for the most part, uses facts and logic. For the most part. And everything he said about Kenny Omega is true. Yeah. People said, like, uh, if you if you read the all the tweets, Dave Meltzer says at one point that if people from back in the day were wa- were in the modern era, they would say exactly what Jim Cornette's saying, and that at one point that Rick Flair, uh, Ricky Steamboat match was considered to be, you know, not that great, and now all of a sudden we all know it as it's a Matt classic. It's one of the pinnacles of wrestling, and. I'm not saying that everything Kenny Omega does is is to the same standard as Flair Steamboat, but some of his matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling are some of the greatest matches we've seen in the tw- 21st century. Yeah. So for for Jim Cornette to be picking on him cuz he's had a few goofs here and there, I find it kind of laughable.
0: Yeah. All right, we do have to speed things up quite a bit. You've got I think is it one more? Two more. Two more.
1: All right. Two more stories. Both of them are super quick. So, starting off with the future of L- the former Luke Harper, the current Brody Lee. So, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, uh, Brody Lee is expected to sign with All Elite Wrestling as early as February 12th. That will be right around when his 90-day no compete clause ends. Uh, it is expected that he will actually debut on the March 18th edition of AEW Dynamite because it takes place in his hometown of Rochester, New York. You
0: excited to see Brody Lee in A? Oh man, oh <laughs> man! I've um, I've seen a lot of Brody, like Bro, like not as Luke Harper, as Brody Lee, because right. he used to wrestle in Ottawa for C4. Right, he came to C4 a couple of times. I have one of the DVDs. He was fucking insane. I hope yeah. they bring him. I hope they let him do what they know he can as Brody Lee. But
1: who knows? And in uh, other news here, Ronda Rousey reveals she won't be returning full-time to WWE again. Uh, in an wow. interview. Yeah. Really? I'm <laughs> shocked. Shocker on that one, right? In an interview with Steve-O, of all people, on his YouTube channel. Wait,
0: wait. Like Steve-O, Steve-O? Like <laughs> like, like Jackass Steve-O? That is correct. What the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't okay. ask questions, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Steve-O is a wrestling genius. Uh, saying in an interview with Steve-O, she says, quote, I did completely full time for a year. All of the TV and as many live shows as I could, I probably worked 200 days out of the year. Most people do way more. Most people have live shows throughout the week, then go and do TV, then get to be home for a day and a half, then do it again. Basically, she goes on to say that her and her partner, Travis Brown, want to have a family. And if she's gone 200 days out of the year, as she says, taking power bombs every night, she didn't think it would exactly be conducive for conception. Her words, not mine. So while she does want to go back. She's not sure when, and she knows it won't be on a full-time
0: basis. So, she wanted to get into the pro wrestling business. Yeah, And now, because of what the business is, she's like, nah, fuck it. (laughs) That's more or less what I got
1: from that. that. That sounds about right. I mean, Rousey was never going to be Like Brock. No. Where she comes in... Well, I mean, you
0: can't... (laughs) I mean, Brock really... Is he? He's not full-time, though. Let's say young Brock. Okay. Like 2000s Brock. Yeah, when he first
1: that's, started. That's what Rousey felt like at first. She was an MMA presence, came in, felt legit. Mm. But you could tell from her run she yeah. wasn't there long-term.
0: For sure. We do have to cut things to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw and the Wednesday Night Wars. Stay tuned. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9. Now we take a look at the week that was in Pro- wrestling. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling with Ideas on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. If you're just joining us, The Shockmaster is not in the building today. Instead, we've got some fresh meat in the Wrestling with Ideas studios. I'm not going to do what I did to you in the intro. <laughs> Kellen, let's talk some Raw.
1: Let's talk some Raw.
0: So this week on
1: Raw, February 3rd of 2020, it opened up with Randy Orton addressing his awful, horrid attacks on Edge Mm -hmm. from the week prior. Yep. Very hard segment to watch was that attack. Uh, So Randy Orton basically comes out to explain his actions. Chorus of boos. What I liked was we saw a visibly distraught. Randy Orton yeah all he was able to get out was I can't do this before leaving I thought that was really refreshing because if this was like 2015 Randy Orton he would have come out done the Orton pose gotten in the ring and said I'm Randy Orton I don't need to explain shit I'm the greatest and then left which we've seen done to death with not just by
0: not even just by him yeah in general yeah So for
1: WWE to be taking this fresh angle with uh, a heel, I think, assuming he stays a heel, who knows with this angle, it leaves us asking more questions than answers. It makes us interested next week. I think that was a pretty good promo. For sure. Now we get into the biggest negative of this week. And that was Lana versus Liv Morgan, part two. Um, I'm actually really enjoying Liv Morgan's repackage. Her finisher that... Like off the ropes, almost end of days type yeah, move. Yeah, 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 Is pretty Reverse solid. Reverse STO kind of deal. It's I think. really great, but this match reminded me of those like awful late two thousands diva matches. Yep. Where it was just five minutes of grabbing and throwing, and then there's the finish and it's over.
0: Melina versus Rosa Mendez. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it it was hard to watch. Lana is not a great in ring performer. She's very green. She hasn't gotten better. But what ruined this even more for me was they used this match for the return of Ruby Riot. Yeah. And the second she comes out, they, they, they do the classic, oh, her and Liv are great friends. And that's immediately when you know, oh, this is going to be a heel turn for For, someone who is already a heel. Yeah. So she beats up Liv, then Lana hits her god-awful-looking finisher on her and leaves. And my biggest takeaway from this is, what does any of this have to do with the Bobby Lashley, Rusev, Lana, Odd, Liv Morgan storyline? Like, it was weird enough that Liv got involved.
0: Yeah. And now now you're throwing Ruby Riot, And now we're getting
1: reports that WWE storyline has no more... Story for Rusev. So now it's Lana versus... Where is this going, Paul Heyman? What are you doing?
0: I don't think he knows what he's doing (laughs) at this point. And the thing is, I liked Ruby Riot. Yeah. I still do like Ruby Riot. Very much. But they're going to fuck this whole thing Thing up. up. More so than they already have, which is quite surprising if you ask me. Because I didn't think that uh, they could mess it up any more than they already did. Yeah.
1: So for me... what would you give that match? I give it two stars solely because Liv Morgan's finisher is is nice.
0: I will also give it two, but take into account that Ruby Riot actually came back. Yeah. Now, just because she came back. Not because of how she came back during right. the match. Right. Just because, oh, she's back from injury now. Okay, two stars. There you go. Next There match. we go.
1: Yeah. Moving on, we had <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Mojo Rawley. I fucking love this. This one was... Amazing. Drew McIntyre, my biggest takeaway from this is Drew McIntyre is over as hell. Oh, yeah. This guy did a good job with the crowd, gave a quick promo, yeah. says to Mojo Rawley, as soon as I put this mic down, I'm going to claim Claymore you. That's what he did. Yeah. Ends the match. Drew McIntyre is looking yeah. really strong heading yeah. into WrestleMania.
0: Now, the only thing that I have an issue with, I was actually talking to my dad about this this morning. Does... Putting Drew McIntyre in a match with Mojo Rawley, of all people, sort of hurt his credibility in a way. If it had been a legitimate match,
1: 100%. Okay, well, yeah. But the fact that it's a squash, I think, saves it. Because you got from the segment that it wasn't really about Mojo. Yeah. It was about Drew coming out, addressing Brock, and then hitting a Claymore for the the spectacle of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Moving on from there, we got the uh, six-man elimination. Before this, we saw a great heel promo from Rollins saying how he's beaten Brock before. He'll do it again after he wins his match tonight. I thought the promo
0: could have been placed better on the card. Wait. He's beat Brock? Brock? He beat Brock for the Universal title. Yeah, but why is he talking about beating Brock again? If he
1: won the three-man main event between him, Bobby Lashley, and Ricochet, the winner gets to face Brock at Saudi.
0: Oh, right. Which
1: is disgusting, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) So Rollins cuts his promo. Then here we go. We get Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders coming out. Seth Rollins accompanies Buddy Murphy in the AOP down to the ring. It was a good match. No problems with the match itself. My issue is you have the AOP as Seth Rollins' muscle. But every week since they've gotten the tag belts, the AOP can't finish anybody without Rollins' help. Right. So if you're going to have them as the muscle and you're not going to put the belts on them and you're not going to make them look strong, why are you booking them with with Rollins? It, It doesn't
0: make sense to me. Honest to God, Raw's tag division has not made sense to me since I've been on this show, (laughs) which is um, Fastlane 2018 was the first pay-per-view review that I did. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was a good match, though. Uh, Kevin Owens put Buddy Murphy away with his best finisher, the pop-up powerbomb. Yep. Uh, hit Razar with, the, or sorry, Ockham with the uh, stunner, which was a fun spot. And then, of course, uh, Razar hits him with uh, two very Arn Anderson-looking spine busters. Yeah. I liked that spot. Yeah. Uh, three and a half stars, I'd say. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, I want to quickly touch on this match. It wasn't huge, but I liked it a little, only because Eric Young's back on TV. Yeah. I thought he died. <laughs> we haven't seen Eric Young. Like, we hardly knew he, Eric Eric Young. Long removed are you from the days where you were running in NXT with Sanity, who did not get nearly enough of a push as they deserved.
0: Long removed are you from the days as Super <laughs> Eric in Super Impact. Eric.
1: My only problem with this is uh, I worry. I love Alister. Black. Who did he face? Alister Black. Black okay. I absolutely love Alister Black. He's been box office since, since NXT. Yeah. But he's been doing the same thing with everyone not named Buddy Murphy for the last two months. He gets on the show, Black Mass says a promo that's basically, I'm going to beat everyone, I'm so spooky, and then leaves.
0: Yeah. I worry he's going to get stale, which is not good. Good, no. Because he's, he's one of their... I find that Alistair Black is one of the more underrated wrestlers on Raw. 100%. He's got so much that they could use him for. They just need to fucking use him for something. If you watch
1: his matches with Velveteen Dream in NXT, you try and tell me that man can't work a match. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, Going quickly here, we got uh, Rhea Ripley. Came on to the show yep. and challenged Charlotte Flair in the middle of her promo to a match at WrestleMania. Inject this directly into my veins. Yeah. I need this match yeah. to happen.
0: Now, see, the only thing, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about NXT. Um, There have been something, there have been some rumors going around that it could potentially end up being another triple threat at Mania 36. But we'll talk about that when we come to Wednesday.
1: Yeah, NXT. Um, All I'm going to say about this quick promo was Rhea Ripley has, I believe, long been the star attraction of the women's division. Since a few, I'd say not months, but a few weeks before winning the belt, she's kind of been in that main spot. And I think moving Charlotte back to NXT would be what's best for her career right now. Because as she said in this promo, she's a 10-time women's champion. What else can you do with her on the main roster? Send her down NXT and have her pull a Finn Balor.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that'd be great. Uh, and then I'm going to cut straight to the main event here, but I will say Asuka and Natalia had a really fun match. I'd give it four stars, despite the fact that they kind of butchered the end. It looked like Kiri Sane may have missed her Q, uh, but I'm also a huge Natty fan, so a little bit yeah. of bias. Uh, main event time. So Rollins cuts another heel promo, which is why I said that, you know, maybe his first promo was a little... Off in terms of placement, Um, basically saying that he's going to win the belt for the greater good, uh, which I love. The Monday Night Messiah gimmick is hilarious. Uh, This match was fun once the heels were out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, After, you know, Kevin Owens and and the Viking Raiders had to come by to, to clear the ring of Buddy Murphy and the AOP. And then we really got to see Rollins, Lashley, and Ricochet show off their athleticism. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lashley had some good spots. That Tower of Doom spot off the top rope, it looked a little janky. I think that Bobby Lashley didn't quite grab him the way he could have, because that was not a normal double suplex. No. But it was a nice move, and Ricochet winning with his 450.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pleasant surprise. Yeah, I love that. Now, the only thing you mentioned for the greater good, the whole thing, I don't know why, but I had images of, uh, do you remember Mordecai?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, I unfortunately yeah. do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I hope to God that Seth Rollins doesn't- <laughs> Become the next fucking Mordecai. <laughs> become the next Mordecai. And then have to go up against Big Evil at WrestleMania. Ooh. Oh. Seth Rollins versus Undertaker at Mania.
1: I'm going to say something controversial. Go ahead. I think Undertaker needs to retire. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not as controversial as we thought. I just want to finish it with uh, Lesnar did F5 Ricochet into another plane of existence after this match. Yep.
0: I mean, that, like, Ricochet, he can sell.
1: Ricochet can sell. The only, my only problem with Ricochet is he can't cut a promo to save his life. Oh, God. So we I talked
0: about that a couple of
1: weeks ago. Yeah, he should never cut a promo. Ever. Ever. Uh, so I would say it was a good match. Four and a half stars. Uh, Ricochet, you're an upper mid Carter. Don't put him. I know you won't give him the belt. Don't give him the belt. Yeah. Not
0: yet. No, teach him how to cut a promo first. Yeah, exactly. We are going to cut to another commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the Wednesday Night Wars. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9. Inside the CKDJ studios right here for wrestling with ideas on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. You got Colin and Kellen here with you. That's going to get fucking confusing if you ever have a third guy or maybe an interview. Um, it's time to talk Wednesday Night Wars. Are we going to NXT or AEW first? I'll
1: let you make that call. Because both shows were really good this week.
0: Yeah. Um, Seeing as I was the only one that watched anything from last night. <laughs> I will go and I'll start with AEW here. So we opened up AEW Dynamite from Devon Braun Center in Huntsville, Alabama with Jon Moxley versus Ortiz. <sighs> so Jon Moxley is a fucking lunatic, right? Insane. Yeah. Um. Great match. John Moxley finished it off with the paradigm shift. Of course, he's still got that eye patch thing yep. going on. Yeah. Um, at the end, of course, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara were on commentary. At the end, John Moxley pulls out the car keys to the Ford GT that oh, Chris Jericho God. was going to give Moxley upon his joining of the inner circle. Um, of course, Chris Jericho goes insane, and he then was it. It was Santana that he hit, right? Yeah, yeah I believe so. so yes. John Moxley looks at Jericho and goes, eye for an eye, motherfucker, or something like that. And then he just stabs Santana in the eye with the car keys and takes off into the crowd.
1: That was hard to watch.
0: I fucking loved it. It was great. No, it was great. It was great, but But it was hard to watch.
1: Brutal. Yeah. The motion of and the cell. The The cell
0: cell was was beautiful. The cell was absolutely beautiful, yeah. Um, Up next, we had SCU versus The Best Friends. Now, SCU, of course, this time still Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, still wondering about the whereabouts of Christopher Daniels. Um, SCU went over, but after the match, the Dark Order pulled into the Von Braun Center to beat down on Sky and Kazarian, trying to get Christopher Daniels out of the woodwork. Yep. Now the Dark Order guys that I know I know personally because they're from Ottawa. Yep. Um, great guys, great wrestlers. I think Christopher Daniels as the third guy is the right move. Uh. No.
1: I'm biased because I've been an SCU fan since they started, and while I feel like it'd be a good move to get to get Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian maybe on their own because Christopher Daniels as we all know is trying to slow down yeah. um would be a good idea. I don't know if I'm ready for him to go full out with the dark order.
0: No, I'm not trying to say like as the full third guy kind right. of thing. Right. Like you're not saying like, the I'm, leader. I'm thinking well not yes the leader but mm-hmm. not as an in ring. Kind okay. of like if like if the undertaker from the ministry of darkness days right. wasn't wrestling, that's what role I can see him filling. Right. I would be fine with it. I just need a
1: bit more longer build. Yeah. And I think they're doing a good job of it. So no complaints there. But if it is Christopher Daniels, who's that third man, just let it play out a little naturally and don't rush into it. And then I can accept it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Up next, we had the... Returning Yuka Sakazaki oh, versus man. Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Of course, Dr. Britt Baker has been no stranger to speaking her mind about <laughs> one Tony Schiavone. I am not going to lie to you. Out of all the episodes of Dynamite that I've watched, this is my favorite women's match that they've done on Wednesday night. I agree with that. Yeah. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. Britt Baker really came into her own in this match. Yeah. Because I had some questions going in whether Britt Baker could really go in the ring? Yeah. And I think any worries about that are gone.
0: Oh, easy. Easy, easy, easy.
1: That post-match beatdown yeah. where she knocked out one of the teeth was oh my god. Yeah. That was some great heel work. It was beautiful. Like I uh... you you can't say now that Britt Baker hasn't established herself. No. Great.
0: That was her coming out party. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it was phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Up next, we had my match of the night. I agree. Uh, the Elite versus The Butcher, The Blade, and The Lucha Bros. Oh, um, man. The Butcher and The Blade are a couple of other guys that I've seen here. Yeah, locals. Locals. Well, not necessarily. They're more Buffalo. But like That's they've, fair. They've been up a couple of times. They're like this. This makes more sense than... The Young Bucks versus The Private Party. Or no, it was Darby Allen and The Private Party versus... Whatever the hell happened last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. point is, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing putting Darby Allen and The Private Party together? Where, yeah. When you can have a match like this.
1: I agree. Especially because The Butcher and The Blade are such an integral part of the storyline. So, like, with this angle. Yeah. So, for them to randomly throw Darby Allen in there le- with the, like you said, with the private party of all people. Yeah. Kind of threw me off. Yeah. I feel like that was more, was last week's the one on the Jericho
0: Cruise? No, the week before.
1: Yeah, okay. So I feel like it was done more as a spectacle match than necessarily yeah. to progress the storyline, which is fine. You need yeah. those. But I, I'm a huge fan of the Butcher and the Blade. They should be on They should be on as much as possible. Yeah.
0: We had another match between Joey Janela and Superbad Kip Sabian. Um, this was the low point for me. Yeah. I don't know why this feud is really, (laughs) really happening. Yeah. Um,
1: it was in the match too. Like it just, it always felt like it hadn't reached third gear.
0: Yeah. I don't know. And then the segment that everybody had been waiting for, Cody Rhodes quite possibly, Is the best storyteller in professional wrestling today.
1: Oh, for sure. Are
0: none. Yep. Cody took 10 lashes from MJF. They were hard to watch. It it was. Now, Cody Rhodes was like, like, Cody Rhodes is the best storyteller. He's the best seller. Yep. It's beautiful to watch him in the ring do whatever, whether it's a promo, whether it's working. Yep. I don't know. Um, now we are indeed going to see Cody versus MJF Hat Revolution, I think. Is it that Revolution? Yeah. I believe
1: so. Um, either way, this match needs to happen. Yeah. Because I have been dying to see yeah, these two finally get... I have a feeling because... Uh, you know... Sorry, go ahead. I have a feeling because he hasn't been, been used much. MJF or Cody? No, 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 no. MJF's bodyguard. Oh, Wardlow. Wardlow. I have a feeling Wardlow might get involved because we haven't seen Wardlow wrestle yet, but that's just
0: my yeah. intuition. But yeah.
1: either way, this is going to be a great yeah. fucking match.
0: I just, I don't know why this came to my, came to my head now. MJF versus Cody. Whoever, um, I guess, someone's going to come out and say, oh, number one contender for their next pay-per-view. Let's say hypothetically here. MJF beats Cody, hypothetically. Sure. Goes on to face Chris Jericho and beats him for the championship. Right. Thus freeing Chris Jericho up to go on his cruise, or his uh, next tour with Fozzie. Eh?
1: (laughs) (sighs) My only problem with that is, as great a heel as MJF is, Mm. Jericho is the ultimate heel. So if you're going to put the belt on someone, it needs to be a moment of them slaying the dragon.
0: So you think Cody would be the one to take it off of him, even though he said that he was never going to do it? I think Cody could. could,
1: um, But I think, if I'm being honest, they need to have a longer storyline here that develops around somebody else, and I think you need to put the belt on Kenny Omega. Yeah. Because you haven't used Kenny Omega really to his full potential yet in AEW, and what's going to draw more fans in than... Kenny Omega, a guy long rumored by indie fans to be the best wrestler on the planet, beating Jericho.
0: What's going to draw Canadian fans together other than two guys from fucking Winnipeg?
1: Yep, exactly. So I think that while MJF and Cody would both be great champions. Oh, yeah. But if I had to pick someone on the roster, I'm going Kenny Omega. Yeah, easy.
0: We're going to cut to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the second half of the Wednesday Night Wars (laughs) in NXT. You're listening to Wrestling With Ideas right here on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back inside the CKDJ studios right here for Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 1079 Ottawa's new music. You got Colin and Kellen here with you and it's time to talk some NXT. So what are we talking about first here? I really want to discuss the
1: browser weights, uh, oh no! promising to become tag team champs. Let me get your thoughts on this first.
0: See. I'm gonna assume before our, before I give my thoughts, I'm gonna assume that you share the same viewpoints as Mitch on the Weights in that they should not have ever been put together as a tag team.
1: That would be correct.
0: Okay. See, I personally couldn't give a shit about <laughs> who is put together as a tag team. When it comes to just tag team wrestling, if it's good tag team wrestling, right. chances are I will like it. No matter who, you could put Luchasaurus and fucking Hornswoggle <laughs> together as a tag team. And if it was a good match, highly unlikely, mind you. Very. But if it was a good match, I would like it. Right. It's I find the same thing here with Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. I love both of these guys as singles competitors. I do as well. And while, yeah, the tag team itself could have been a bit more thought out. Right. I don't mind it. Here's my
1: feelings with it. NXT has had so many great tag teams over its course. Yeah. That have history as tag teams, that have that, you can clearly see the chemistry. And while the Broserweights actually surprised me with how well they work together in the (laughs) ring. I'm a huge Matt Riddle fan. Yeah, and I think you kind of look be.
0: like him, actually.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, I wish I was as jacked as he is. Yeah. Uh, if if Matt Riddle could go for like the North American title, I would prefer it. Yeah. And Pete Dunne is too money to be stuck in the tag team divisions. Yeah. That's my only problems with it. Yeah. As a team, they're actually pretty good. Yeah. But I don't want to see them win the belts. No. Especially not away from the undisputed era not not high up on on my Ew. list of things to do. Uh, moving on from there, we have Dijakovic
0: versus Killian Dane. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me. It did. I mean, I've loved Killian Dane ever since he was Big Demo back in Defiant. Yep. Uh Dominic Dijakovic as well. He is amazing. So <laughs> He's good. He's so good. I didn't think these guys were going to put together as good of a match.
1: No. Because they don't really have the same in ring style.
0: Well, I mean, neither do Dijakovic and Keith Lee. True. But I, f- I find
1: that with Killian Dane, he's a really good brawler. Yeah. With with Dijakovic.
0: He's more of a big man, power move, Batista type Exactly. Thing. So
1: I was worried it'd be one of those matches where everything kind of slows down. Like, like they
0: get gassed real quickly, kind like,
1: like a Kane versus Big Show. Okay.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: But I was really surprised. This was a pretty solid match. Yeah. And uh, I liked that. Uh, I think it was a right call to have Dijakovic go over. Mm. Um. I would like to see them do a bit more with Killian Dane, but not at the expense of, of Dijakovic. No. So that was a decent match. Then we have uh, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano cut that, that promo.
0: Well, you see, Johnny, I put you in the hospital. I'm going to put you right the fuck back in <laughs> if it's the last thing I fucking do.
1: I'm really really high on this feud. Yes. This has been a great feud and they've both got some really good zingers on one another. Yeah. Um This was a decent promo. Yeah. Um The
0: promo that he uh, the part where he was talking about uh I think it was something like I don't want the Finn Balor that lost to Bobby Lashley yeah, 17 yeah, times in a row on Monday Night Raw shocked me.
1: And not a terrible reply by Balor to say he's dead. That Finn Balor's dead. Um, but like, but like, dude, there's no coming back from that. That was a great insult. Like, that's
0: the equivalent of going up to somebody and go, "Hey, motherfucker," and then the and then the other guy goes, "I know you are, but what am I?" That, yeah, that feels like that's Yeah, what that
1: was. It only worked a little bit because it, it's Finn fucking Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor can, anything, can anything he says. Yeah, but that was Gargano really cut deep with that um, one. I loved that. All right, from there, we're going to cut a little forward here to a match that actually kind of, it shouldn't have surprised me. But it did. It
0: always kind of does. Yeah. Now, Tyler Breeze, yeah. because Fandango's been out with an injury, again, has really had the opportunity to sort of shine as a single star yep. somewhat. He took on the Irish ace, Jordan Devlin. Um, It was a good match. Yeah,
1: which surprised me. Bec- not... Not to talk down on Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze has been great for a while, but I haven't seen him put on a match that's really had me this intrigued yeah. since his days as Prince Pretty. As Prince Pretty back in NXT. When well, he was there the first when time. When he was there the first time, his with first the, with run. The whole fur coat yeah, and selfie with the fur coat and the selfie stick. So this was a really refreshing match for yeah. me. We know Devlin can go.
0: Yeah. Now do you think that this match was refreshing because Tyler Breeze's opponent Was Jordan Devlin Or do you think That Tyler Breeze Is actually sort of Coming into his own I think it's a bit of both Yeah But it's it. Tyler Breeze is,
1: Has long been a wrestler Who's Tried to do a lot And it depends on What the talent He's in the ring with does Yeah Like if you put Tyler Breeze With a With a slow Moving opponent It's not going to be As fun of a match Titus so, Yeah So I think Breeze Is capable of putting on Those good matches And it just It just helps him to have Jordan Devlin in the ring with him. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: From there, we have my favorite part of the night. Really? My favorite part of the night. Really?
0: I would have thought that the last little bit would have been your favorite part. I'm a Rhea Ripley, Mark. Okay. I'm a
1: huge Rhea Ripley fan. I have been since she kind of first started. In UK? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It took her a while in my mind to really get out of her green stages when she was early on I remember
0: the first couple months of NXT UK I'm like I mean at least she's trying kind of thing that that was my feeling about her the first couple months
1: but what I've loved is she's always had that look yeah there are some wrestlers where you look at them and you go they have the look Pete Dunne Pete Dunne Rhea Ripley is the female Pete Dunne Finn Balor you look at him; he's got the look. Rhea Ripley has Anybody the
0: look. Anybody that does like the lip thing, yeah, <laughs> that's how you can tell if they if they know what they're doing. If they do the lip thing, chances are. I really liked this promo
1: because it was more than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I assumed of course you, this was Bianca Belair though. Yeah, Bianca Belair is what made this promo with with Charlotte Flair giving her the hand and her having that little bit of a meltdown, and then Raya Ripley says, "You're not going to come and." to our house and treat us like that. They quickly beat down Charlotte. They at the end, you know, get back into a tussle about their upcoming match. Everyone gets over here. Yeah. Charlotte Flair's put over as this intimidating presence who's kind of looking down at NXT. Rhea Ripley's still the champion and Bianca Belair still put over as a threat as opposed to, you know, get over there to the side. I'm not worried about yeah. you.
0: No, the one thing Albeit the fact that I think it could be a good match. The one thing that concerns me about Charlotte going down to NXT to challenge Rhea Ripley with Rhea Ripley's involvement um, alongside Bianca Belair. Mm -hmm. What if we see a triple threat at Mania between Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Rhea Ripley?
1: I actually think that could work. Really? Solely because... Who goes over in that situation? 100% Rhea Ripley. Yeah. It has to be Ripley. And the reason you make it a three-way is because... Like I said earlier, Charlotte Flair, 10-time champion. She's established. She takes the pin. Because Bianca's on her way up. So if you pin Bianca, then you got to send her back down the card. So I think it'll work only if they go with Ripley over Flair. Because if Bianca... You could put it as Bianca pins Flair, and then they can have a feud where Ray Ripley says, you never beat me.
0: But but they're already in the middle of a feud. Yeah, like exactly. So
1: I, I don't think it would work unless it was Ripley going over Charlotte.
0: Now, assuming Bianca wins against Rhea mm-hmm. at Port, is it Portland? Portland, yeah. Portland. Um, do you think a do you think a singles match between Bel Air and Flair could work? I'm
1: hesitant to say yes, only because Charlotte Flair can make. Any match work yeah uh I, but it's
0: all up to who else is in the ring with her
1: my problem would with that match would just be the part of a great match is the build-up yeah so having Rhea involved is critical for that to have that great build-up if you just make it bianca and charlotte you're basically just going all right you two we got to do it now go yeah so it could work as a match don't know if i'd love it Storyline was as a, as a mania match. Not as a mania match. No, it would have to be the three way if if yeah, yeah. if, if it they're involving be, everyone.
0: If they're involving Bianca Belair. Yeah, fair. All right. In our last NXT match for February fifth, we had the Undisputed Era taking on the Brozer weights and Tommaso Ciampa. Now, because of what happened at the end, like barring that, this was a good match. This really is a really good match. It was a really good match, but it is not. What happened during the match that is having everybody talking about it? It is what happened after. With the return of Velveteen Dream. D R E A M.
1: Uh. That was. I didn't see it coming at all. No. When I thought of Velveteen Dream's return, I was thinking they were aiming Rumble, just to have that big pop. So when that didn't happen, I was like, oh man, Velveteen's dream injury must still be nagging him.
0: Okay, but Edge came back, so it's like,
1: it's okay. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. Um, But what a great return. Comes back, clears the ring. Death Valley Driver, like it's everything you want from a dream return. Yeah. Velveteen Dream looked great. Uh, the match itself, not to gloss over it, but it was really fun. Yeah, uh, Champa looked great. Yeah, uh, that he always does. But Velveteen Dream's return is what stole the show. Oh, for sure. It was
0: 100.
1: It was great. Uh, I'm just too much of a Raya Ripley Mark to say it was my favorite part of the show. I'll admit I'm biased, but yeah. I will say Velveteen Dream is return was the best part of the show. Not yeah. necessarily my favorite, but yeah. easily. That's why we'll remember this this episode.
0: Oh, for sure, for
1: sure. I didn't see it coming at all.
0: No. And with that, we are going to bring things to an end here on Wrestling with Ideas. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow the show at Wrestling Capital W Ideas on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Wrestling with Ideas. You can follow me on Twitter at Musicman WWI. We will link your social media in the show notes.